0: hey welcome everybody to podcast number 54 presented by five pin universe i'm your host carrie kreitz we have the wiseman twins tim and dexter wiseman and we have adam weber and our special guest this week is from trail bc darren rich double gold medalist once in the open once in the masters great player on the tour all the time and uh we're happy to have you on the podcast darren our first topic will be um, the coronavirus, obviously, and we've seen over the last couple of weeks every every province is postponing their provincials and none different with Alberta. Um, so Tim, you might as well take that away.
1: I, well I guess I'm the man to speak about it a little bit, but uh, I'll speak only for Alberta um, on Burr's behalf. I, we do believe that it is important for us to Host the Open provincials. I think it's uh we have or at least give it a good old college try in order to move forward with it. Obviously, COVID nineteen is something that's rapidly growing and ever changing, and we don't know when we're going to be able to be safe enough to host it. However, um, I I still think it, it's we owe it to our members to try to exhaust all our efforts in order to do it at, at a safe time. Um, obviously, we don't want to just. Run it and you know have harm for our, our our bowlers and our guests and spectators and whatnot. But um, we have discussed it at length, and right now we moved it to May long. Now, uh, for any of people are listening from Alberta, uh, me personally speaking, I still don't think May long maybe that might not be good enough for everybody um, when it comes to just being safe. However, we do have a president's meeting and delegates and executive meeting of C five tomorrow, so we'll find out more what's going on with that. Um, But that being said, the only reason why we had to pick May long was because of the national date not being moved back yet or discussed if it's still going. So we only had a a two week gap in between just to get deadlines in and get flights booked and everything else like that. But like I said, I do feel it valuable. We talked about what our biggest worries are besides the health factor. Obviously people not working money can be tight for people. So, uh with it being on me Long, for example, we discussed maybe uh most likely we're gonna do a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Uh so less if people are back working, they could have a little bit more time off, uh less less work effective time off story, uh, where they can maybe do that. Uh we've even talked about maybe as much as I hate doing it, um, in order for us to get things going, obviously canceling a banquet. So we can maybe work something out with that. Uh, the one bonus is I got rid of my ho- terrible hotel contract. So we're good. we got my money back on that. So that's a bonus, I guess, and you can call it that. Um, just to make sure, maybe we can spread things out a little bit more. Um, the other option is to, instead of, in Alberta, we play each team five times. Maybe this one time, we might only do it three times. Shorten the schedule up, try to get something at least somewhat reasonable. I, I have mentioned that to them. Uh, so with that being said, if you shorten the schedule a little bit, you can lose a day off of teams and then you can probably do singles on the Saturday, right? So it'd be another day where people don't have to take off time off work, a little bit less on the pocketbook when it comes to hotels and meals and everything else with it. Um, so we, we are, we're looking at all options, but we did discuss it the board uh, as a that whether or not, um, and we are hoping, I and we are positive that the C5 will move nationals and we will have a national event, hopefully. Um, but if, if that does not happen, we will run a provincials anyways. I think that's important to our membership. And uh, I think, honestly, just for it would be important for the heart, because I think a lot of us will need to get out and do something that we need to see some friends and do all that. Now, the biggest thing for us we're even talking about is what happens if they don't raise the capacity above 50, right? How long is that going to be in fact for, right? So then we are looking at, okay, like, hey, well, it's, it's terrible as it sounds. Do we play in multiple centers, right? If you really crap using six lanes in some centers, right? You know, spectators is one thing not having it, but uh, so we're looking at different options that make it viable for everybody, but uh, uh, we'll find more out tomorrow, hopefully but I, I think it's important that we move forward with this same thing goes to masters for those who still have to qualify for masters. I don't know how other provinces have to do that because luckily Alberta's finished, but you have to look at it as a national for masters. Maybe that date might not be good. It's going to be moving back. Um, as mentioned, we already have a tentative date moved back for you challenge nationals. So um, nobody's ever dealt with this before. So I think we've got to just kind of take a deep breath and, And instead of being ping panic mode, just take things day by day and, and see where it goes.
2: Yeah. I I appreciate the way that majority of the provinces are handling it. I think postponing it is truly the best option. Um, I don't, I don't want to see people jump the gun and just cancel. And like, and we did find out this week that Northern Ontario has canceled their open, um, which i think is a travesty truly uh, at least at this point i mean i mean we got to be honest and say that 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 might be the option down the road for everybody it, it might be the inevitable outcome but i think it's at a point where it's way too early to do that and with everything else being canceled around us i i really think that at some point we got to have some sort of hope for something rather than just you know, jumping to it and just cancelling things like everything else is. There needs to be some sort of hope. There needs to be something for people to hang on to. People are missing bowling completely right now. They're missing being around their friends. And, and this was probably something they were truly looking at, uh, looking forward to. Right. So I, I think I think uh, cancelling right now, even if it might be inevitable down the road, I, I think it's a travesty because those, those people need it. Um, and I I don't know what that does to the rest of the provinces. After I I hope that even with Northern Ontario canceling their open, that uh, the rest of it does continue to run. Because if we if we're able to host nationals, I I think that's best for everybody. But uh, yeah, I I think it's I think it's truly a travesty that they canceled. And honestly, and and this is uh, <clears throat> might come across as rude. I don't know, but um it feels like uh the easy way out you know you you cancel it and then all of a sudden you, you don't have to worry about looking at all those other options because there are a ton of options and a ton of planning that's going to be involved with this and it's not going to be a small amount of work and if you cancel you don't have to worry about all of that but i'd rather that people did worry about that and people get what they need you know do you
3: see do you see quebec being able to do that like reschedule the whole
2: thing
1: i i from my understanding i do believe so um i I, now i could be speaking wrong i i think natalie is more than uh she's very good at what she does out there so i I think i I don't see her having issues whether the only issues could be maybe accommodations but with that being said um i think there's plenty of hotels and businesses looking for for money right now and if those bans are lifted and those restrictions are i think very well keep get probably better deals not that we want to like bargain and and play with ships on that or or play with fire but uh i i think i think it wouldn't be a problem
0: i think i feel postponement is probably the, the best idea right now instead of canceling it just because you have that option later on you can always cancel it um i know you probably want to do it a few more weeks ahead of time instead of right away but
1: I, I would assume from my under, from my understanding, I would assume probably you're probably looking five or six weeks out. That would be the, the kind of date they would look at, see how everything would be, uh, depending on how things would be, like maybe four weeks, and then they'll probably have to pull the pin on that point. Yeah.
4: Could Could yeah. you see Northern Ontario backtracking on their decision if well, you know,
1: Nationals were? <laughs> so being politically correct, and speaking only on behalf of myself here, I think it's never too late to, if you feel after this meeting, that maybe something, there is something positive out of it and you do feel comfortable moving forward on it, I think you owe it to your membership. Um, but uh, I, I don't know what's going on in Northern Ontario. I don't know what Ziggy and the executive board have to deal with and, and everything else like that. So there could be other situations that I don't know of, um, but it's just speaking for what I what we deal with here in Alberta. Um, I think you could go back on it, yeah, for sure. And like you, like you said, owe it to your membership in order to try to exhaust all your your efforts first, right? So,
2: yeah, I, I think if things start to lift and, and that becomes an option, I I think you're absolutely right. You you owe that to your bowlers. Though you know some of those people may have never made an open team this might be their one opportunity and and you're jumping the gun and taking it away from them i i really think that if that becomes an option that they need to look at it and take it swallow the product and do it
4: yeah hey tim from from your original or your initial meetings i guess from from the board stance is the general thought process to, to have all these nationals completed before the start of the next bowling season or, what the typical start of the next bowling season would be?
1: Um, I find out more tomorrow, to be honest with you. I don't really know how everybody feels. Personally, myself, as a somebody who's OCD and said, one, you know, September 1st, we're starting a new year. Um, I, I would probably, me, I would have a hard time with it, but I also understand this is a one time ex- exception. Uh, it doesn't happen. We never, never dealt with this. So if, there's no conflicting dates moving forward and they ended up having it in a September or like whatnot, then, then I, yes, I don't have a problem with it. Um, but you never know. Right. Uh, you, like, I, I don't know, like, we don't know what the world's going to be right. You know, um, I hear contagion is number one new Netflix movie right now. So, uh, <laughs> we all kind to worry about that. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah, I got a bunch of friends on Facebook that know everything, but uh, I, I just, I just think, yes, Adam, I, I do think we'll find out more tomorrow. But I also do think that it's, it's very likely, or it's or not very likely. It is, if everybody agrees with it, right? I mean, the only thing I can think of too, though, is if you're paying for two nationals. Uh, in, in two in two bowling seasons i guess and one bowling season because well, of that, kind of but-, but but that being that being said that being said though you know what having moved back dexter like you are probably thinking too you probably have money now
2: to help save those costs too right well you should have had that money budgeted and accounted for anyways right i mean i mean yeah. that that money should have been allocated to the nationals already so at, at that point it, it should be a moot point right yeah they're spending yeah. on nothing right now
1: well, yeah, yeah, I mean, but there's other provinces that are use or pay, right? So, um, so it all depends on. Like, I know BC has to pay a lot, right? I do you believe, Darren, You have to pay your way most times.
3: Yeah, we do. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, okay.
1: So that's. Bad. So so that stuff that I can see that being you know a little bit tougher, but
2: uh, if you're already.
3: We we, yeah. we don't we don't pay everything, but we we do pay an assessment fee.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, there's no <laughs> casinos running right now, so. Give it some time. We'll be in the same boat. We're going to start going to Nationals by train again.
1: Dexter, Dexter, the the extension of. uh, Darren's going to get us.
2: Darren's going to jump us and put us on a train, and we'll we'll all go to Nationals that way. I can
1: get you guys a deal. Yes. Mitch Mitch will pick us up, too, right? Mitch will pick us up.
2: you work in shit you work in the yard though don't you right so you're gonna slip like sneak us in like immigrants (laughs) 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 i like it (laughs) (laughs) most exciting nationals yet
4: yeah i'm sure somebody will be playing bocce on there
2: (laughs) yeah yeah rolling target that'll be great how
0: how uh, how has the COVID nineteen quarantine affected uh, the proprietor side of things, Tim and Dex? Since you're on the podcast, this is a great question for you. Uh,
2: well, we're getting lots of random work done. Uh, installed some lights in hopes that you know people will get to see that in a couple months. Uh, but just stuff that we had laying around already because we're not we're not spending money at this point. Um, we're we're in a we're in a facebook group with like all these people that do like five pin machine parts and whatnot and um it's all like basically five pin providers around the country and uh it sounds like there is a ton of people struggling um and uh just a lot of uncertainty there isn't a whole lot of help right now uh to businesses i mean you you don't have to pay the uh the education portion of the property taxes uh great um you don't have to uh oh no they're giving they're giving uh wage discounts or whatever the so the federal government is giving like 10 they'll pay 10 percent of your wage costs whatever that is um so which is you know great when you have to lay off all your employees so that accounts to absolutely nothing but i mean for those for those businesses out there that don't own the property um you have really got to hope the landlord works with it because uh, our overhead with no wages is still substantial and uh, in just rent cost alone. And if, if people aren't willing to work with that, that's, that's going to be catastrophic to not only just the bowling industry, because we'll lose, we'll lose bowling alleys left, right, and center. And, and it's already starting to happen. Um, we'll lose tons of them and we'll t- lose tons of other businesses too. Um, yeah, it's tough because everyone wants to be positive and optimistic. And, and I think for the most part we have to be, and and I think we are, um, but how many businesses can the government save? And, uh, it's going to be tough. It's going to, it's going to be real tough. So, um, hopefully something comes down the line and, you know, the bowling industry is seen and heard and, uh, we get some help along the way, but, uh, yeah, COVID is gonna be catastrophic to our sport if things don't change correctly.
3: Yeah,
0: it's gonna hurt the whole economy, period.
2: Yeah. Yeah. There's not gonna be much economy left.
0: It's unreal. It's even affected uh gas and oil prices. I know in Alberta we already have that economic downturn going on. But like in my hometown it was seventy four nine just the other day when I came home from work.
2: It, it's uh, under 60 cents under right now. 60, in yeah. it was like 56 cents insane
0: saw uh, so
4: post today there's a turbo somewhere that was like 44.9 in uh one of the small towns so but the now, oil industry
1: now, it's, is all, just and demand
4: too right no, no nobody's driving because right. everybody's stuck right exactly. so like yeah they they got to sell it too so
2: so that's the other part, trying to convince the landlords and stuff, too, that, and, and, and the government of Canada that, hey, look, like, you know, even, even when this is said and done and people are allowed to go back, who has money? Like, no one is going to have money to do anything at that point. So businesses are still going to be struggling for months after. And if the landlords aren't going to be willing to work with people, they're going to have buildings sitting empty for years right? Or or like in our case, like they would have to renovate the entire building. None of it would be grandfathered. It cost them millions of dollars in renovations and, and they still have it sitting empty. So I don't know. I, I just, uh, I don't understand. I don't know if the commercial side of property management or property ownership, um, real estate is, uh, is being helped out at all I know the residential side is, but I don't know about the commercial side, and maybe that's where the holdup is. But uh, yeah, something's got to change real quick.
1: I was speaking to one of our local bowlers, our uh, our favorite Henry Schutz, and uh, I said I might have to go to the corner store and start doing five dollar handies in order to get by. I don't know what <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what we got going on here, but <laughs> I was like, I'm I'm looking for twenty five million. That's but Carrie says no, so. <laughs> <I> just, <laughs>
2: I like how That's you think your time. handies are worth five bucks. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> like a like, buck and a half. I sure hope you hand some no coupons.
1: <laughs> Two for one. <laughs> <laughs> Two for one. <laughs> Bring a friend.
2: <laughs> oh, oh, wow. Uh, I apologize to all our listeners. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> <sighs> we're moving into a whole different world right now, but you know, we'll just keep pushing forward and figure things out.
0: We're all sure it'll change. And I'm hoping it it turns around here in the next month or so. Um, but we got to remember once this all changes, we got to be supporting the local economies and get this going. And I was just telling Julie the other day that uh, I've been stressed out a little bit lately. Cause I'm still at work and having to do all the, all the accounting stuff, but Frustrations building up, like right? you don't have that outlet every week of going to bowling league and stuff like that, hang out with friends. I know we do small stuff like this, but uh, the frustrations just gotta be setting in for a lot of people being quarantined all the time. That, that's gotta be pretty intense,
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Every Thursday, we got to make fun of you a little bit, and we don't get that anymore. It's unfortunate. The one thing I, I have noticed in the bowling industry is that usually when there is an economic recession, bowling still seems to do okay, because all of a sudden people can't go on trips and there won't be people going on trips for a long time after this year, really. So um, they still got to go out, they still got to do things. So hopefully, hopefully that's where bowling kind of jumps in, right? But because uh, people are going to be want to be as social as they can when this is all over, that's for sure.
4: Could definitely see a big push right after, you know, the bans are lifted and, and that uh, yeah. for, for all, all industries you know, and certainly hopefully for, for the bowling centers.
2: We were talking with uh, Richard LaPearl, uh who runs mm-hmm. uh, St. Albert there. He dropped in the other day. And uh, the, the one thing, like, kids bowl free, the kids bowl free program that runs in the summer could be absolutely massive if we're able to open up in the summer. You know, all you got to do is kind of pay for shoe rentals, three bucks a kid, two free games of bowling every day. Um, you know you've been cooped up inside for months you got no money otherwise like it, it really could be it could be huge we could be packed on nonstop. but um that's just speculation we'll see what happens
4: all right doc well we we've got, i'm sure you've listened to the podcast a few times uh so we've got this uh, little segment where we ask some, some guest questions and stuff but uh kind of pick your brain uh, so who is uh, your uh, bowling idol or a uh, bowling mentor growing up
3: uh, my bowling mentor would definitely be Ron Sedanis, for sure. Um, and he, he did it in a pretty unconventional way, old school way, I guess. You know, most, most people's mentors, and they, they do it with encouragement and, and that kind of thing. But Ron was old school. He just kept on beating me down and beating me down and, and playing with my head and beating me any way he possibly could. Until I finally got over it and started beating him back.
1: <laughs>
3: it was it was tough love, I guess. But yeah, That's he would. Nice. Yeah, there was uh, there was times and, and normally it would be uh, a league night after he had a bad night. He would uh, he'd say, "Okay, come on, let's you know, let's go throw a game or two. and uh, we'd leave at seven in the morning but um it would he, you know I'd beat him for the first few hours but he would just he would find a way always find a way to beat me in the end and uh, one night he just never found a way to beat me and yeah went on from there I, there was a lot of times I left the bowling center and and I was so angry I was like I'm never coming back I, I hate you and
4: uh, back, the next week. <laughs>
3: Yeah, you know, he no, he was ruthless, but it was <laughs> it was all good. It was all for the cause.
4: Well, it probably strengthened you.
3: Oh, it totally did. Yeah, it totally did.
4: Uh, good old big I, daddy.
3: If, if, it, it, these days, if someone you know, when you've been through that kind of stuff, if someone tries to play with your head a little bit, you 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 kind of know how to deal with it, right? So,
2: or does it, it was, give you PTSD? Pardon? Like, or does it give you PTSD? Do you start getting like flashes? Like, <laughs> no, no, nothing like that. It wasn't that bad. <laughs> and the thing is, is like he's got he's got the biggest heart.
3: Oh yeah, yeah, big he's daddy's got
2: absolutely huge heart, but it's hilarious I mean, that he does. Yeah, he, he
3: he did all he did all that stuff, but you know, when everything's said and done, he gives me a big hug and tells me he loves me. So
4: it's yep. all good. Yeah. Well, there there's purpose behind it, right?
3: Yeah, yeah, no, he he did it for a reason, and he told me afterwards, you know, he's because his wife Carol, she would she would kind of give him hell, right, saying, you know, what, why are you so mean to him?
1: <laughs> and he
3: would say, that's what he needs. He's got to learn, and that's what he did. But
4: it, it helped me for sure. Oh, that's so good. Uh, what uh what's in your arsenal? Uh, bowling ball shoes. Uh, my
3: shoes are just like a pair of shoes that I ordered and got made into bowling shoes. Uh, they're Reeboks. And then, uh, I got, uh, soft rolls. That's about all I've thrown soft rolls.
4: Uh, do you have a toughest match in mind or a memorable match?
3: Oh gosh, there's lots. Um, Uh, I know there was a match in, uh, at Scottsdale against Greg DeGraja where we both threw pretty high and, and I had, uh, I had a controversial leaner call go my way and, and he wasn't too happy with the end of it. I ended up beating him, I don't know, like, like nine ten to nine Oh eight or something like that. And, and, uh, he wasn't too happy afterwards, but Oh, gosh, there's been lots of matches that are... I can't really think of any that i lost that hurt that bad, but I'm sure there have been. I just choose to forget about them.
0: <laughs> what made the, the corner pin controversial? Was it clearly not over, or was it leaning against or something like that?
3: Well, I wasn't sure if it was a leaner or not. So I called the judge of play. And I just said, was that a leaner or was it not a leaner? The judge of play said that it was a leaner. Greg obviously thought it wasn't a leaner, and <laughs> but I mean, I took
0: it because the judge of play said it was it was leaning. With so. the rule at that point, that makes perfect sense. Yeah,
1: Greg yeah. Greg got immediately drunk and went to the casino. I do believe.
3: Yeah, probably, and probably won seven thousand dollars or something. <laughs>
4: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, typical great
2: passion for sure.
4: Literally every tournament. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Even uh, when he doesn't win, he, he wins. Me,
4: though,
3: <laughs> he just he just had he just had a match where he had a leaner go his way not too long ago, sometime this year, I think, but I can't remember where it was.
2: Yeah, Dude, I remember facing his dad in uh in TPC when it was in Collingwood, and there was like literally like four of them that went his way against me.
3: Yeah. I remember talking to him afterwards and saying I don't feel bad about mine now because you
1: <laughs>
4: <laughs> I love it. Uh, oh, do Do you have a favorite uh, event? It could be cash or tournament side oh, nationals. Yeah. I
3: you know I like pretty much all the the WCBT tournaments. They're they're all run so well. Um, I've always loved the Open. I've always loved the Open. Maybe I'm old school that way, but I just – I
4: love the Open. Something about it. Me too. Yeah,
3: you know that – well, I I think, you know, I'm probably more of a team guy than a singles guy. So that kind of goes right into where I kind of fit, you know, or where I feel I fit. So, yeah, I've always loved that. And and you probably wouldn't know it by how much I played it in the last – you know, 10, 12 years twelve years—it hasn't been that much. Well, a few times, but uh, yeah, I, I really do enjoy the open.
2: It just has I such think, a unique dynamic to it.
3: I can. So. Yeah, I, mean, I, I like the idea of you know having a team and and going to war with the boys. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. love that.
1: It's your it's your local guys that you you play with most often, right? And kind of well, a band of brothers kind of
3: thing. Not so much anymore because. Most of our guys are in the Okanagan, and I'm still in the Kootenays. So I don't really get to, you know, it's not like I get to bowl leagues with those guys or anything. You know, I see them basically as much as I see you guys, or maybe a little bit more if I go to local tournaments and stuff. But, yeah, I mean, I like, obviously, I, I enjoy the guys. I mean, we've got a pretty good group of guys around in the Okanagan. So I enjoy them.
4: Uh force to be reckoned with too.
3: Oh, well, used to be. If, uh, haven't been as good lately, but used to be pretty good.
4: No, your team, uh, not you, your, your team was <laughs>
1: pretty good.
3: <laughs> yeah. No, actually, you know, for in the open, the, the Okanagan team has been good the last few years. They just haven't quite, you know, I haven't quite got over the hump. They've been they they won the, the qualifying stuff, but just never won the never won the ladder. So, they, yeah, we've always put together good teams. Just you know, don't always win. Obviously, not we're not like Edmonton, freaking wins every. Anyway. Yes, oh. far
2: that's far not... from the truth. <laughs> except,
0: except they uh, posted a picture of all the trophies because they won every single <laughs> tournament last year.
2: Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah. Hey, you know what? You know, what? I, you know I, 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 go ahead. I think I think that picture was necessary because when when has that ever happened? Maybe maybe a little cocky, yeah, but I mean, like it's just it's a super unique feat to have won all the trophies, you know. And yeah. like it's just it's just super rare. So just post the yeah. picture in Jim. your own in your own.
3: <laughs> For, <laughs> your guys', your guys talent pool is insane. You guys have uh, so many good shooters. I, it's just—it's ridiculous.
1: I yeah. I, I, I think we're fortunate to have. I think everybody works together in our community pretty well. Um, from the guy who took the photo, I'm throw, like, I have that is my copyrighted photo. That is mine. Uh, <laughs> I, I do want to say that I did it for one individual person. Just because I felt like I needed to. Okay, and, and I <laughs> say it as a, and uh, and I. And that individual person did message me, and uh, we had a good laugh on it. So I am gloating a little bit. Maybe there's a target on our back, um, but uh, yeah, it is what it is. And I hope I hope everybody else wins those trophies, just not this year. So. <laughs> <laughs> and then, then, to top it off, then he ended up winning the eight-five
4: presidency. So. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Emitted sweep. Right. Now we got them all.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I thank I thank Annette for that. You say you you step down after sixteen years, and you give me COVID nineteen. I do appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was a text. Yes. <laughs> all right. Back back to
4: Doc. Uh, what, what's, left, what's left on your bucket list, Bud? Um, I don't know, really.
3: I, I'm, I don't really know that I have much of a bucket list for bowling. You know, I, I, don't, I, I don't really have the passion for it like I used to. Like, you know, I enjoy going to the tournaments and stuff, but I just don't enjoy working at my game like I used to. So if I could find a little more passion, that would be on my bucket list because it would be nice to, to come back and actually be relevant again.
2: you are you are certainly relevant without question yeah
3: well not always if you ever show up yeah (laughs) (laughs) if i ever show yeah that's true (laughs) but yeah other than that i don't i mean i i just i really enjoy going to all these things and and mostly seeing like all of you guys and all of my friends that that i only get to see once in a while that's, that's my favorite part now, you know, obviously you always want to win, but I think my focus has shifted a little more to the relationships more than the, the competitiveness.
2: I feel like that's kind of bowling I as like a whole. It. I mean, I, I wouldn't say bowling as a whole, the competitiveness, competitiveness is still there obviously, but like we've talked before on podcasts, uh, the camaraderie it seems to be really, really good these days. And it, just way more about being friends with people than being cutthroat and trying to win. So yeah, I, th- I think that's great.
3: Yeah, I mean, when whenever I'm going to one of those things, I I, I look forward to that much more than I look forward to the competition. You know, yeah. I'm just really looking forward to seeing everyone.
2: Absolutely. All right, Hopefully... Yeah. Hopefully, we can see each other at the start of May. Still no word on Red Deer yet. So,
3: yeah, haven't heard anything about that.
0: No, no I haven't. Um, heard. it's still outside of the quarantine time by quite a bit. So, we're gonna wait till yeah. closer and then get into some discussions and figuring that out.
2: Yeah, because they were even just talking about doing like two week playdowns or playoffs at the end of uh at the end of April from what I could see in their league or their yeah first, for the their league place, so, Yeah. Yeah. Ideally, that'd be great. Oh, I'm
4: definitely hopeful.
2: Yeah. Uh, what is uh,
4: kind of an obscure personal achievement or stat that most of the listenership would know about you, Darren?
3: Oh gosh, that's a tough yeah. one. Um, I honestly, I'm not going to pat myself on the back. I don't, know. I, I don't, I don't really have. A, I, I don't know. Uh, you would probably have to ask other people for that. I don't really. Yeah, I don't know. I know it's a lame answer. I'm sorry, but I just. Uh, yeah, I don't. Well, there,
4: there's got to be something that's pretty cool that that's pretty unique in, in your career. Like you, you've been around forever, right? it's got, got to be something that that kind of stands out in, in your like your career achievement or something uh
3: no i mean i've just i've always prided kind of prided myself on being trying to be a good team guy hopefully so hopefully hopefully people will say that i have i hope um that's i mean you're always looking for I, I mean, I'd rather have my peers respect me than, you know, I don't want to – That that's most important to me, having your having my peers respect me. We'll have to ask so Big having... Daddy if he
0: respects you or not. Well,
3: I, I think he does now. He maybe did. He kind of disrespected me for a while when he was beating on me, but he respects me. He respects me probably more than anyone else does. Yeah. <laughs> He's always me
4: been... la- last one I got for you, if uh, you know that that whole passion everything came back uh, what would be a challenge match uh, that you would have either you know past player present future player
3: oh god there's so many people that I uh, I mean probably you'd be one of them Adam uh, there's lots of guys that I'd just like to tear apart if I had a chance.
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> you're, you're, you're talking about bowling, right? Yeah.
4: <laughs> Absolutely. Could, could be both.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um,
3: yeah, I mean, there's, there's a lot of really good players from the past. I mean, maybe Frank Levine. Yeah. Um, ron was telling me a story about him he uh he he bowled in a a 20 game marathon with frank one time and that was back when pretty much you know everyone else would have to fight for second place because frank won everything and uh, of course frank won the tournament but ron talked to him after ron came second i don't know what they averaged it I, i can't remember but um i guess uh Ron was talking to him afterwards, and Frank told him he had in, – in the 20 games, he had 82 corner pins and picked 81 of them. Wow. Which I think is – that's insane. But oh, that's, uh, that, that's, that's how good that guy was. So, yeah, I would love to play – would have loved to have played against Frank Levine for sure. That's,
4: that's a lot cool. of corners in 20 games too.
3: Yeah, well, his ball, you could see it if the house wasn't meant for his ball, I guess it would uh, – jump.
0: It happened, yeah. That's crazy because Dexter averages 275 and he's lucky to pick a corner a game. (laughs) In league, whatever,
2: Captain Clutch. (laughs) Never seen a guy more consistent on three pins when we need a strike. (laughs) I thought that was Rob Wilson. Uh, No, not anymore. Gary Kreitz's
0: league game. Carrie's good in tournaments. Curry Kreitz's league game. Needs some work. It was all that time sparing three pins just to show Mitch Davies it was possible.
2: <laughs> and now the league is cut short and we end up missing being the best team by one point because they were supposed to be facing Tim's team. It's a big debacle. I'm upset. Just extend hey, the year.
4: Extend the season.
2: Yeah. Are you, Are you all right, Dex? You gonna be okay? I need a hug, Darren. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Darren. You've
4: been around this sport for pretty much forever since uh, I remember, you know, coming up through the, the young ranks. Uh, what, what's an improvement on the sport? Or what, what, what's still needed for us to move forward?
3: Um, I think that the the whole WCBT thing is incredible. Like, I couldn't believe when I saw the entries in Regina. That was absolutely insane. Um, so I think that you guys, I mean, you guys are completely instrumental in all of that, and and thank you for that. Um, I I think it's just, it's hard to get people to commit these days to to doing something every week. But if you could, you know, I, I think it all starts with the YBC programs. And if you can get kids to... To want to come out every week, I think that's like the biggest thing. What but, can uh, we do
2: to improve that? Because YBC has been notoriously plummeting in numbers for how many years? And uh, here we are like, you know, mid-COVID-19 and Nationals is going to get pushed back. Um, hopefully it'll still run. We don't know. Um, they don't no longer have closing ceremonies it's two-player teams um, which I sort of get because there's no kids left in the program how can we entice more people to get into the YBC program
3: I don't know there's there's just there's so many options out there now for kids to do different things I just think that it's it's so saturated right um, so you, you have to do something to stand out um, ahead of all those other things and, and Obviously, honestly, if I had the answer, I'd give it to you, but I don't know what it is.
0: I actually have a a viewpoint on this. Since bowling tends to be a winter sport and the school year runs pretty much all the way through fall to spring, why isn't bowling part of the school curriculum? There's a center in almost every town. Every part of Edmonton has a bowling center that's close enough to a high school. Why don't they introduce it like, like a system like that? There's curling teams for sake. Like people go to curling, right? I understand that there's probably a, a little bit higher fee to it because it's not a community owned property and stuff like that. But like back in the we, day, Gino was telling me there was high there was high school teams, right?
2: Yeah, we have um we have school groups coming all the time. Obviously, I mean we our high school groups have. You know, each class comes in two to three sort of times um, from basically every school in the community. Um, But yeah, back in the day, there used to be teams like that. And I, I don't know why there isn't. I don't know why that went wayside. I wonder if it's simply the same reasons. Why YBC numbers went down right and maybe there were too many options and that's the one that got cut because people not enough people were doing it but um we, it's definitely something we've reached out to the schools to try to do that multiple times and haven't really had much success um but I mean if we we'd give lineage for dirt cheap right after school you know they always do the practices right after school four to six anyways for gym and whatever, yeah. um, or sorry, for football and whatnot. So, I mean, we, we'd give that lineage away dirt cheap for them to come in and, you know, practice and do a little tournament thing and go uh, from there. So,
1: I I do have a little bit of insight, Dexter. Uh, we did try through the E5 a while back. Um, Sturgeon County, I Alberta, sorry, and, uh, Sturgeon County is like St. Albert, that area. And uh, Elk Island wouldn't be so much of a problem. But anything inside Edmonton becomes a metro issue. So you can't work individually with schools. You have to work with metro, um, the, the metro, the, or whatever it is for, for you know, schools and, and sports and stuff like that. And so if you wanted to combine St. Albert with metro, sorry, of Sturgeon with metro and Elk Island with metro, then you would have to deal with all three bodies. And they, so St. Albert tried out there and we sent some stuff out, Dexter, obviously, to Elk Island um and we did get some positive feedback on it through the high schools but they had to get in order to be part of a metro thing they all had to work together on it and the metro people were like uh we're not interested at this time so that's kind of how it went out with that so it all depends on your school boards i i I imagine if you had uh the rural ones i mean like with task one and stuff like that probably wouldn't have to deal with that kind of stuff um but you know the bigger cities have to deal with the boards, like I guess, so it's worth a shot. Miles will send something forward again at each year and try to push it and make sure we get into it
0: because that would be a, a surefire way to get at least, um, how do you say it, advertising inside schooling to get kids interested in it, right? Right, it becomes so, part of your, your physical education program, and then all of a sudden you have traveling teams that would travel to. Like you do it with Taskwind, Stetler, Lacombe, Leduc kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It, it makes a lot of yeah. sense to me. I understand there, there's probably a lot of cost to that, no <laughs> doubt. But they're already doing it for badminton, volleyball, basketball. And there's probably a lot more kids involved in that. So the probably the, the costs are a lot higher. Where bowling, you might have a couple teams. It wouldn't be a team of 20 or something like that, right?
1: Mm-hmm see i I even pitched it to them that we can use some of maybe our gaming funds and help help offset those costs so it didn't have any costs towards anybody so I, I think I think it's still doable I think there's a way you can make it work around um, yeah I don't know I, I, w- I wish there was an easier answer in that because um, if we get it back I think that'd be huge and I, we're not talking about the YBC program in general I don't think
0: no Harry. no um, this is- but
1: what but what people don't realize either is these kids are, say, participating in these high school programs, or any Joe Bull off the street that's over 12, as of December 31st, can't sign up and play the U-Challenge. So there has been kids in the past that have made U-Challenge teams just picking up a ball and national athletes and then play. Um, I know a couple of our kids at work I mentioned in the past that they wanted to play, but then they chickened out, so... Um, but that's beside the point. I think it, it is possible to gain more exposure that way. And you might be able to get somebody's kid to join a league down the road just from that experience. Right. So
0: it just, every guest we have on this podcast, we, we kind of propose that question. Everybody says the youth obviously is the future. and by far it is. So I think it's going to take some thinking outside the box because the YBC programs just in my opinion, this isn't anybody else's opinion, just isn't cutting it anymore. It's hard it's, to get uh, parents to commit to that and a lot of that issue, right? So to get them involved in a high school where it becomes part of the curriculum, the physical education program, and all of a sudden you have traveling teams, I think it would it would spike interest in a different avenue than just relying on parents having to bring their kids to the bowling alley every Monday after school or every Sunday on a day off, right?
1: Mm-hmm. It's, sure. probably think-
0: gonna take, it's probably going to take
3: some people that are willing to start coaching these kids from the school. You know what I mean? Like from, like on a teacher standpoint, they're going yeah. to have, they would have to kind of introduce the whole thing and 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 start it from the from the ground up, right? Yeah.
1: There, there there's a program actually. A bull Canada came out with called Learn to Bull. Um, and they actually have cds and they have programs and we've sent them out to our local uh, they're made for they're made for everybody but you know high school teachers use them for for the gym classes and then the elementary school kids use it for like uh, math or something like that where they can learn how to do scoring and stuff like that um, we have a couple schools we have westboro that comes in and for example and they'll do a uh, learn to bowl so that's four weeks of programs and then the last one would be a fun bowl kind of thing like that um i don't think you're right darren i don't think i think it actually wouldn't be so bad getting a teacher involved we, we know enough teachers out there um i know you guys have one in katie but i mean katie's only grade two teacher; she doesn't count but uh, <laughs> that's beside <laughs> the point <laughs> um but but anyways we have enough teachers out there i know that this on the other side note, like with our gaming funds, we can actually pay for these these uh, teachers or coaches to get their levels too, right? So if down the road they were interested, we could also give that availability to at least learn the game a little bit, yeah, I which I think so, would be beneficial to everybody.
0: I, and I keep saying it, but I think the major hookup is yeah. probably the cost and the travel, right? Like a lot of the schools aren't really close to a bowling alley. So how do you get those kids to the bowling alley?
2: Well, m- most of, at least in Sherwood Park, basically every high school has their own buses,
0: mm-hmm.
2: right? So uh, they have their own sports team buses as it is. So it's just scheduling that.
0: Yeah.
4: yeah for, for the most part, those are already going to be taken, right? So like with Brax, for example, we actually have met uh, at, a, at Academy School for soccer. And uh, obviously, you know, during winter months, they, they don't have access to their fields, so they do have transportation built in to get them to the soccer centers and, and things like that. But it, it's a pretty significant cost for, for the parents uh, all the time, right? So um, five pin bowling just doesn't have the same you know, allure as many of the other sports that are at these academies. Um, but the, the, I think the other thing is uh, when it comes to YBC, I, I really think you got to get at these kids while they're really quite young. Mm-hmm. right I think if you start off in a program you're you're more you know apt to, to continue with the program at least for you know five, six, seven years. Um, I, I like the idea of the high school, you know the competitors coming in and doing all that, but uh, they're usually involved in other activities, right mm-hmm. even even YBC you see the numbers start dwindling once you get to to a, uh, end of the juniors or senior level, right So, uh, unless you're truly competitive in the game and really want to take it to another level, you start seeing numbers drop off because, like Darren said, there there's so many options now.
0: Yeah, but if I'm thinking, if Five Pin was involved in those extracurriculars as well, those kids that started out in YBC program may continue to stay in it if it's part of their school programming, right? Agreed. Agreed. Right.
1: Yeah. yeah, I. Yeah, you're right, Adam. I I think there's two different entities you're looking at. I think the young ones, if you keep them in for for YBC and bringing them up. And cause you also remember like Adam, what time, well, sorry, what age could, since none of us have kids here, but what, <laughs> what age could you, could you put your kids into soccer or people going to gymnastics and stuff? It doesn't end up being until you're a little bit older than what you can do for bowling. Right. So, um, cause uh, there might be a little bit of sport ball. There might be a little bit of something there, but not nearly as organized I think as bowling is in a way. Um, I, I can. I don't have kids, but from what I hear from other people, well, so, um, soccer so if you're is a- fairly
0: young, though, right? Like, if if we're gonna compare apples to apples, like soccer, you can be yeah. in at four years old. I do believe is what I see out here.
4: Is it? Is it okay? Pro- probably even earlier, right? They, there's yeah. uh, grassroots programs that are pretty much when whenever you can kick a ball and you can stay upright, like you, you could probably you know, play bumblebee <laughs> soccer, right? So yeah, it's not uh, super so,
0: organized. It's more kids running around the field trying to chase a ball down, but at least it's it's out something. in the field starting yep. a, an aspect, right?
1: Right. So but I, I, I think the young part, but I I think the older part will pertain to more towards
0: uh,
1: at least interest down the road. I think our biggest issue what we have is not is the developing them, but I think between like the junior and the second or third Year of senior, that's where you lose a lot. People are into whatever else in life. And I think the hard part is as soon as you go from like the 18 to 24 year old, 25 age, I think that's where we're missing a lot of and losing a lot of bowlers that way too. Um, just because of university and stuff like that. But that's where I think you're right, Carrie. The associations need to come in and the need to work together and we've got to figure something out together because if we all have money or we have things we can help out in different situations, we might as well go ahead and do something. Right. But again, like I did the boys and girls club thing, obviously that got canceled. Uh, but I had fight back on, on that. I mean, it's like, why are you, why are you want to give me these groups in my center? I was like, I'm trying to give you money. Like we're trying to grow the sport with people that don't normally get to participate in this. Right. So, um, I think honestly, yeah, it's, it's a never ending battle (laughs) carry. No, for sure. We just just got to, we just got to
0: think outside the box and start new avenues to get this stuff rolling again. Right. Because let's all put it the way it is. We're going to be coming out of this COVID-19 thing, hopefully within a month or two. And you said bowling odds are going to be struggling. We, you, we have to, jumpstart it somehow so it might be an option to look into this while we have the time right
2: mm-hmm. i also hope that what we are doing with wcbt and all the videos and if we can ever get that on tv that i think that would stimulate it too because i mean you watch the numbers just plummet after tsn's and cbc's left too right yeah. they need to be able to see it it needs to be front of mind and that was the easiest way of doing it watching the people at the highest end of the game playing it and uh, yeah that we we really missed that and you know kids had heroes and they had things to look forward to and it's hard when you don't see it people don't think of bowling as a competitive aspect as much anymore you know they think of it as a place to go have your birthday party if you don't see the competitive side of it you don't realize that that's a thing so
4: yeah well once you see it on tv right it becomes relevant and exactly i think that's uh, from from a kid perspective if they like you said if they don't see you know people look up to or, or people try to go emulate uh in, in an activity they're they're not going to
2: yeah
4: hell right now we're we're starting watching a little bit of uh poker uh me and braxton mm. and uh a couple days ago brax asked me hey dad can you teach me how to play poker so at age nine i'm just kind of teaching the basics of, of some of the the cards right because he saw it on tv for half mm-hmm. hour yep. right so that it's yeah, there, there's a direct correlation there. Oh, yeah, and now like, you're
3: raising a degenerate gambler. Yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. that's right.
1: Uh, <laughs> Do you know what, Darren? Follow the in there,
2: daddy's footsteps. <laughs> <Yeah>. first,
1: <laughs> first time I ever went over the Webers, uh, he was trying to shyster you know, sh- me for money. So I really oh. I really don't think poker is, is yeah, the starting of it. <laughs> <laughs>
2: He's a smart kid. He loves <laughs> math. And, and, well, he, and he can be s- sniff out suckers, that's for sure. Yep.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. All
4: right, what else we got? What are some Dar- of your favorite stories, Darren? Bowling stories.
1: I heard uh, you're a good pizza delivery guy. <laughs> you want me to tell that one? <laughs>
2: Yeah, sure. Let's hear that one.
3: Hear yeah. Well, that was where the heck was that? Um,
2: maybe, maybe make up a place so the authorities don't come and get you.
3: Yeah, I think you know I think it might have been. It might have been in the year we won in '9 but I'm not sure. But um, so we we're we we're all standing outside the hotel, you know, and we'd we'd some of us had had a few drinks, whatever. That's normal. Weird. But um, the pizza guy rolls up and, you know, gets out of his car with his pizza and walks into the hotel. And I said, I should go steal the pizza guy's car. <laughs> and and, and uh, Schultzy says, oh, you won't do it. I'm like, yeah, I'll do it. So then I started walking towards the car, and then I turned around. I was like, no, I'm not going to do it. Well, then he called me something. He called me a name. So I did it. I went and I took the pizza guy's car, and I drove it around to the side of the building and parked it. And uh, when I turned around, when I got out of the car and was walking back, they were all running away. <laughs>
2: <laughs> was the first one running. Yeah. Were you able to see a reaction from him? I, it, You know what? I
3: didn't stick around to see what happened with the pizza guys. But I hope he
1: found his car.
4: did he have any extra pizzas no no No, there was no pizza in there just the car (laughs) Uh
3: but he left it running and everything it was too easy i just hopped in and drove away
2: (laughs) i can't trust anyone these days
3: if i was a pizza guy i wouldn't leave a car running right outside like that nope that's it's just (laughs) it's too enticing well definitely not now
0: yikes
4: <laughs> you probably gave him a valuable last night
3: That's that's right and I didn't actually steal the car I just moved it
4: hey, they they might be looking for
0: insurance it's, I still yeah. think that's theft <laughs> <laughs> he borrowed it guys come on to, yeah. to, to walk yeah. around the side of the building it was parked illegally yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just
4: upholding the law <laughs> Just offering valet service.
0: <laughs> uh. Yeah.
2: What are your favorite competitive stories? You got. You were mentioning a few at the start uh, before podcast. So.
3: Probably, um, like I said in 09 in the stepladder, every one of our matches came down to the last bowler in the tenth frame. Um, we had qualified second, and we played Saskatchewan first game and there was a lot of good teams that year Um, Saskatchewan had uh, uh, both the Clark boys and Brad Mullins and you know they they had a pretty darn good team and uh, uh, Ron Sanchez came down to the last frame and I don't remember everything exactly because you know that was a long time ago but um I know that th- – I, I think it was in the first game he kind of had to match whoever he was bowling against, and, and he kind of – I think they both threw chop spares the first, and and then uh, in the 10th, and then Ron threw a corner pin, and I think whoever he was bowling against. I can't remember who their anchor bowler was, had punched or something. but And then we had to beat Manitoba twice, and uh, both of those games also came down to the 10th frame. And came down to Ron Sanchez, and I remember going into um, the last game. It was getting down near the end, and um, I think it was Chris Rochette I was talking to, and I said, you know, we we can't leave it up to Ron again. We can't do this to him every time. And uh, I can't remember. One of our guys got up and punched and threw it through the hole and just, just butchered a frame. And of course it ended up, coming, it came down to him again. And, and he actually run before like one or two bowlers before it was going to be his turn walks over, like pushes me out of the way so that he could sit down in this, the certain seat that he wanted to sit, sit in like literal push me out of the way so he could get at it. But then I looked at him and he sat down and he was just getting in his own little world there. I was like, okay, yeah, do your thing. And but he, you know, he, he did that so many times on, on so many open teams that I've been on, you know, he he says that I, I never remember the times that he didn't do it, and that might be true, but there was a lot of times that he he did do it and and was able to throw the big shot when we really needed it. That's
2: awesome.
3: That yeah, it was pretty, pretty cool. exciting. Uh, Mitch Davies was, I think, he was twenty-one back then, just young guy, eh? <laughs> And he was, hit, he was in the bar, and he was sitting with um, Ron's wife, Carol. <laughs> and Ron went up and threw a strike, and he, you know, Ron, he would get pretty excited sometimes. And Mitch said something like, oh, my God, look at that old guy. He's going to have a heart attack. And wife,
2: sitting with his wife. <laughs> Good old Mitch, eh? I love Mitch. So sounds like a, a bad joke waiting to start. midget walks into a bar. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. That's great. That's that was
3: that's probably one of the high points I've ever had. Is uh, just that team in general. That that was a good team.
1: That was a hell of a team. You had both Rochettes. You had yourself, Stu Schultz and Ron Sadness Yeah. Wow. That was a pretty loaded team there.
3: Yeah, we always, we always said if we could ever uh, – another interesting fact on that team, um, we had always said, uh, both Rochettes and me and Ron, if we could ever get together on the same team, that we would have a good chance. And um, uh, Schultz didn't actually make that team. It was yeah. Trevor Rakwalski that made that team. Schultz, uh, there was the first year he'd bowled in, in the Okanagan, and um, he was the alternate. And, uh, Trevor Rakowski actually backed out and Matt got on that team. And I remember the day it happened. Uh, I drove up to the bowling center when I found out about it. And I said to Ron, I said, oh, so, so Trevor backed out and and now we've got Matt Schultz and he was upset about it. And I was like, no, no, you don't understand. (laughs) I said, no, we're, we're not going to win provincials now. He goes, what? I said, we're going to win nationals. And, uh, yeah, yeah.
1: Was no, and nothing against Trevor. Trevor is a good player
3: too. No, nothing against Trevor. Uh, oh. Trevor's a great player, but um, I mean, Schultz was at the top of his
0: game at that point. Schultz was yeah. at
3: the top of his game at that point. Yeah, he was. He was really good. Yeah, and Schultze actually carried us quite a bit. Well, I wouldn't say he carried us at nationals, but he he played really well at nationals for us.
0: That's a pretty cool story. All right. Well, what else? We'll, we'll we'll end that on the high note there. <laughs> <laughs> we can talk about that, talk about the good stories after podcast. Maybe we'll do a special edition or something. <laughs> hey Darren, I just want to thank you for coming out and joining us and thanks for having me. We Always good you. chatting
2: with you, buddy. All
0: yeah, right. I miss you guys. I can't wait to see oh, you guys.
4: Miss you too. If, thanks if again. There's
2: not a thing. We'll we'll just all like do a a podcast road trip to trail
4: that sounds good man <laughs> awesome we'll do
2: it live floating down the river <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay <laughs> <But>. <laughs> <laughs>